There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you still listening to the Guitar Nerds podcast for free? Well, why not throw a few pennies into the hat at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. You can support the podcast from as little as $1 a month. And at the $5 a month tier, you get access to an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds content every week, as well as bonus episodes like Joe Branton's Rant On and exclusive interviews. Check it out at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Hello. There's no quiz again this evening. Um, <laughs> I know we've been hyping it up, and I promise this is not some sort of crazy marketing uh, ploy that you know, oh. put the quiz off every week, and maybe there will never be a quiz. I wish it was a marketing ploy, because that would have been a great idea. We just every week go, oh, it's the quiz. That would have been excellent. Next week's marketing. the quiz. You better listen next week, because it's it, the quiz. Is it the quiz next week, or not? Yeah, it is definitely the quiz next right. week. Uh, I tell you what, I wish I'd known that it wasn't going to be the quiz this week before I spent literally all day yesterday writing the quiz. Yeah. Like, I didn't leave my house yesterday yeah. because I spent all day writing the quiz. I'm Sorry. quite looking forward to your quiz. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I was going to say, um, yeah, Matt and I, it can't make it this week yeah. uh, to pod, so busy. Uh, the quiz has been pushed back again uh, for, what, third week in a row? Something no, like that. second week. Second week in a row. Well, maybe third. third. week, yeah, I think it's third. Um Mm. Am I the fir- am I the only one to have written two quizzes? Because I won well, this two. is the o- yeah this yeah, is yeah. the time it's coming. Mm. I'm the only one to not ever have won a quiz. Yes. you wrote the first one. Though, I wrote I the first one, and I was gifted the last one. I did the last one, didn't I? I hosted oh, it so anyway. Oh uh, yeah, you, you have did. written two then. Oh yes, I have written yes. two. Oh but yeah, you, sorry. but how many have you won? No, zero. Yes. Okay, how many yeah. have I won? T- two, two. Yeah. Right. Okay, I just wanted to double check, make sure that we're <laughs> who, had, who had the best round though, because mine, my quiz had the do an impression of each other, and I think probably one of our best ever segments. I didn't like that because um, my voice sounds like this, and it's very difficult to make it sound <laughs> like anything this. else. Oh, hello there, I'm well, Jay Cross. Hello there, <laughs> hi friends, Captain Squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> Someone actually called you Captain Squeaky last week. Yeah. Anyway, lots of fun stuff coming up on the show today to uh, make up for the fact that there's no quiz. We've got new guitars from PRS, Joe's favourite. Um, plus, we've also got some uh, new Fender pedals, uh, some Fender bass amps, um, and the first ever vertical pedal um, from ZVEX. Not vertical as in, you know, it goes 
up in the air. I mean, <laughs> orient. It's, oh. it's not like a. Uh, oh, I see. You said this earlier, and I thought you actually meant vertical. And I was like, hmm, this I've got to see. <laughs> so what? It's just got a really small footprint. Yeah, it's like it's a just really tall, just absolutely <laughs> useless. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> I was like, that sounds genius. It's like a coke can. You, got, <laughs> you can't close your pedal board. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, and you just got one little skyscraper sticking up from the rest of the board. Anyway, um, it's been a fairly busy week. I've not had that much time to do that much guitar playing but you guys have been up to loads of stuff Joey B you've been um, putting pictures up of the Dan Electro bases uh, si. in the Facebook group how did you get your hands on them and what were you uh, what were you thinking well I've got to I've got to shoot a I don't mean what were you thinking like uh, why were you doing that <laughs> more just like what, what are your thoughts well yeah they were good uh, so I've, I've got to shoot like a music video and I've got to wear like a black suit and everyone's wearing black and so I was like hmm I want a black base for this and it's. I want it to be like we're 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 quite in. We're, we're going through a bit of a. Hence why I was playing that thing earlier. I'm going going through quite a joy division sort of phase at the moment. The, so list, we the listeners to, didn't hear that uh, the joy division thing that you were playing. earlier. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's really good. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So uh, so I I wanted something that was retro. So I was thinking about retro bases that are that are black. And I was uh, I was bidding on a couple of like old Baldwin bases. Okay. Little hollow bodies, and then I was, and then you know, I was like, oh, these hollow bodies, they're just not going to deal with the amount of drive I use very well, even though I love hollow body bases, I love how they sound. I know deep down that they're not going to be great live because I was looking at things like the Epiphone Jack Cassidy bass. Listeners, yeah. you should check that out. That's got to be one of the most interesting bases for sort of, um, for for you know like 700 ish pounds a totally cool unique looking bass you know that used to be the les paul bass the jack cassidy signature yeah. model that was yeah, originally the, but it was short scale when it was that it was originally a guitar the les right. paul signature is what yeah. it was called uh, like a th- offset 335 style gold top only two weird cream soap bar pickups in there yeah um and yeah they, then they did a bass version called the les paul signature bass yeah um and then that then became the jack cassidy yeah, that's right. There were some great demos by Chicago Music Exchange of the old, the original Les Paul signature listeners that you should check out. But yeah, the new Epiphone Jack Cassidy bass is, is like a long scale version of that and is super cool. Um, but yeah, I was lo- looking at a few things and I eventually came to, I was like, Dan Electro, they do cool black instruments and they're super retro. Um, so I I got in, I got in two because they have two basses in their catalogue at the moment. The DC-59 and the Longhorn, which are two, as two instruments couldn't be sort of they're, further apart. They're pretty different. So yeah. the, from my understanding, the 59 is a full-scale bass. That's and right. And the Longhorn is a short-scale bass. Actually, not just short-scale. It's actually a 29 and a half-inch scale. That's too short. That's a ukulele. Yeah, that's, that's shorter than a short-scale bass. So it is very, very short. So whilst I appreciate I only have to mime in this video... The chances of getting a twenty-nine and a half inch scale bass down to D standard and occasionally drop A are very slim. Do you think your fans would uh, feel cheated if you played that in the video and didn't use it live? Yeah, well, of course I'd... you can't use another bass live because you've got your last ever gigging bass. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, well, we'd, yeah, we'll see. But uh, but yeah, so Come on. I... Joe Branton potentially going back on his words. No, 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 no. Why not? Surely not. No. no. Why don't you what? just get Stonefield to knock yeah. up a black bass? Yeah. For uh, he he won't do colours. Who well. uh, he he loves his wood. He'll only. Um... <laughs> Could you not? Uh, <laughs> he'll only do natural. 
tones sort of <laughs> Okay. All right. Fantastic. Okay, guys. <coughs> but, you kept uh, it no one noticed. Don't yeah, worry. yeah, it's good. But yeah, the the DC fifty nine is totally cool because of course the DC fifty nine is probably the most well known shape. Um, and I was really tempted. Do you remember that thing that uh, I think it was like a BBC thing where they got um, Jimmy Page, The Edge, and Jack White yes. together? It wasn't. Was re- it wasn't a BBC thing, but it? yes, I remember it. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, like uh, it was really interesting. Well, not not interesting to see the edge. He was just really annoying and showing up as being one of the most styleless men of all time. But but Jimmy Page was incredible. He my was boss, there. you're talking about. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Page was incredible. He was there in his like in, in like a long Undertaker's jacket with like a black suit on, and he was playing this old battered up proper old Dan Electro DC 59 and it sounded like it was so brash I appreciate this is the guitar and not the bass but it just looked so cool so I was very tempted by the DC 59 but and uh, Fat Mike of course from yeah and Fat Mike played one I wanted one for I wanted one for years like a glitter finished DC 59 back when I was into punk rock it was so cool he was the only person doing that I think it's such an underrated bass and so hard to get hold of as well but I love how much people hate the Longhorn it's, it looks like an onion. I love it. I used to have a Hondo Longhorn, which was a long scale, and we've spoken about that before. But you shouldn't have sold that. I shouldn't have sold that. It was a terrible, terrible decision. But um, a great base. So I was. I've been in a dilemma between the two for ages, and uh, I eventually settled on one. What do you think I should have chosen? Fifty nine every time because the Longhorn is stupid. Uh, but mm, if it's only for miming in a video. The Longhorn is quite. Uh, the yeah, the Longhorn is quite distinctive. If it was yeah. only for miming in the video, why did it matter? The, uh, the Jack Cassidy wouldn't deal with the yeah it, it, exactly it didn't for the same reason that it doesn't matter that but, well uh, mainly because I'd, I'd, I'd probably have to buy this you, you know because there's quite a, a, a there's a risk of, of damaging it in the video so I can't when really has that ever it. ever stopped you doing anything before yeah true um, what, what do you think I should have got uh, a P base. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you should have just got a black Matt Freeman P base or something like yeah. off eBay. No, I thought about I thought about getting a a, a P base, but um, I I'd, I'd, I'd need like a matching headstock and not a maple neck. Like, I just wasn't that a P base is just a bit boring. You just look a bit like everyone. I mean, in that case, you should absolutely get the fifty nine because the Longhorns don't actually play that well and they don't actually sound that good because there's not enough string tension. Yeah. Well, I did make a decision and I went for. A Rickenbacker four double oh three. Oh, I right. saw the uh, I saw the picture about that. Yeah. yeah. So you've gone yeah. from looking at bases that are what three four hundred quid something like that. Yeah. Up to at something that's what seventeen nine nine. No, twenty three hundred pounds for the four double oh three. The four double oh three S is seventeen nine nine. And yes, actually, what I've basically done. Can you even is, buy those though? Uh, yes, you can off of andybaxterbase.com. Okay. He's got a few in stock. See the only person who does surely he's not the only person who does them because because funnily enough when i don't know if we talked about this i don't know if you talked about it whilst um you did one of the uh nam roundups that i didn't listen to probably but not the the did you see the rickenbacker stand at nam i did not the, Very, only briefly the rickenbacker by. stand at nam had some real weird oddities there including a bunch of left-handed five string Four thousand and threes. Thing is, really weird. What? Yeah. The thing is about Rickenbacker. Both times I've been to Nam, they've had tons of guitars on display, 
And then when you like get home and are like, okay, yeah, brilliant. Where can I get one then? Nowhere. Well, that's because they've only made one of each, well, and yeah. they won't sell them to anyone because, well, what are they going to show at the next guitar show? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, we, there's always been a, a struggle to get Rickenbackers, especially sort of over here in the UK. Like I, I was speaking to someone on our Instagram page earlier today, and they were because I've posted a picture of the four double oh three, and 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 someone was like, oh yeah, my my bass player um, has got one of these on order that he ordered in. July. It's probably the one yeah, you've got in your hand. Maybe. Well, actually, the, the 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 reason I've got this one is because it's um it's bee stocked. It came in damaged, so it's it's temporarily bee stocked. So I'm borrowing it. Uh, because actually, at twenty three hundred pounds, that's that's too much money for me. And yeah, are, the, but they've always been that money. How, I know. And but the other side of that is, if they can't make as many as they need to, uh, you know, and I don't mean to get all uh uh economics on you here but if the if the demand is outweighing the supply mm. then yeah. of course they're going to charge loads Ram of money well actually price. actually the Rickenbacker recently lowered the amount of guitars they produce because <laughs> yeah. lowered it yeah yeah no but the, the it's reason gone behind from it two a day to one a day well it's, well it's to do with the emissions that's right yeah because they, they won't move the company out of california exactly and california has got some of the strictest emissions taxes in the world yeah. Um, my understanding is that that was at, uh, first brought in by Governor Schwarzenegger. The governor. <laughs> yeah. uh, but so. you, you can you can actually make that they, they could make any amount of guitars and and finish them in nitro. They just have to pay an additional tax. Yeah. But rather than paying that additional tax, they have opted to put the price up to, to produce less <laughs> and put the price up for yeah whatever. But the the good thing is they also do a four double three S. And mm-hmm. the difference between the four double three and the four double three S. Is that the uh, the full W3S is dot inlays and it's not bound. You don't have any bindings. So yeah, and it's a it's a isn't it a thinner body as well? I, I don't. Th- it's not thinner, but it's like rounded I think the binder, off. Yeah, it's rounded off. So okay. so that and I certainly think it looks less iconic. But you say that Chris Squires was an S, a full well, I mean, S, all the and fam- so was McCartney. Yeah, all the famous Rickenbackers were the S models. They because they didn't actually introduce the non S models for quite some time oh really yeah yeah They. I think they were I'd have to look up the history again but the ones that you see that are in but you, know, you think all of the those, iconic players, those triangular I think inlays as being so they've done that for a long time but I think you know in the 60s and stuff I oh, don't I think they had that I think it was that they just had the regular four double dots uh, yeah, four double oh one S. So they didn't yeah. have the you know the inlays and and things. I was thinking about Rickenbacker and you specifically. The base that you should look out for is the three thousand. Is that the one you used to have? No. So I had a four thousand, which is a, like a P base. It's, it was Rickenbacker's taken a P base single right. pickup, not in the neck or bri- neck or bridge, but somewhere in the middle. Um, and they're a cool base. They're, again, you know they're pretty stripped back. You know, there's no binding. There's none of the crazy inlays. It's just dots. But the one that you you should look at is the 3000 um which is a bass that most famously played by manny from the stone roses um but also uh one of my favorite bass players ever patrick costello from dillinger four also played one. Oh, oh, man this one. Looks, yeah yeah I'm, um, I'm having a look at it now it looks it's cracking so there was two different models the 3000 and the 3001 the 3000 is short scale yeah it looks it um and very much falls in between your sort of dan electro and rickenbacker you know stylings in that it's short scale it's got kind of like double cut body i guess more like a sort of dan electro 59 looks almost like a um, epiphone coronet that sort of vibe yeah it's yeah, got that it, sort of gibson ripper sort of grabber yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just looking at a picture now in uh in a kind of 
Karina type finish, and uh, and yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a grabber. They're not mega money. You can still actually get those for something that's reasonable. Um, the problem is there's not many of them about, yeah, uh, and they tend to get snapped up really quickly because of money. Um, right. But they're not huge money um, because they never were huge money. I think they were designed as like a more studenty. Yeah, option. they look it because they might even be. No, they're not bolt on. They're well, not the, bolt on. The headstock on them. Still. None of the headstocks were capped or matching. Yeah, yeah, they're just like a plain yeah. headstock. Um, but fourteen hundred yeah. quid on reverb. The last mm. couple have gone for. There we go. Mm. That's pretty so, cool. That pretty kind cool of base. Money. Yeah, um, and that would you know I know you like the short scale and you want if you want a Ricky that's yeah. a good option. But um, okay, well let us know what you actually pick for the video then. Well, the... I'm definitely going for this four W three, but um, I'm I'm thinking I've I've loved it and I do you know what I've never really sat down and played a four W three. I think they were never in the shop really. It was we were going through like an interim period well, of them and they they've just always been they've yeah, always been always so pre-sold. Difficult. Yeah, always so always, always pre-sold. So I just never sat down with one and I realised that when I sort of had this one at home and I was sitting down playing it I was like oh this might be the first time I've ever really sat with one and I was like this sounds fantastic I absolutely loved it it was so clangy and it was such an effort to play and I loved that it was <laughs> that, is, that is my thoughts on them they're very clangy and they are an effort to play yeah I, I, I thought it was great I take it you haven't taken off the like pickup cover uh no because you can do that oh yeah oh I see oh I wouldn't want to no but oh, um yeah, that would just do uh, do my head in. Same as same as with as with tellies or or any or any bass really. Take that straight off. Oh, yeah. really? oh no, I'd keep it on. I like it. No. It looks great because you can't what play it with a pick. When you bash your hand when you're playing it properly. <laughs> yeah, you can't play it with a pick. Yeah. if you have it. Yeah, like that. I imagine so. Well, it's a it's a perfect place to rest your palm, isn't it? Lazy, no, if you ask no, me. Okay. Lazy because you can't you can't do that and mute at the same time because oh, okay. you'd want to rest your palm there and play in front of it. But if you want to mute, then you yeah, play true. behind it. Yeah, for true. me, when I had a Rickenbacker, I took that off straight away, and then realised that Rickenbackers aren't for me at all anyway, and then sold it straight away. Fair enough. Yeah, they're uh, it's a nice op- you know alternative to a P bass, but really just get a P bass. Yeah, no, I mean don't get me wrong, I love a good P bass, but this thing's I I, I, can't, I can't believe I haven't realised sooner. Talking about P basses, Jay Cross, you did a gig this week. I did. Um, what did you uh, What did you give a run out? Um, uh, my P bass, of course. Yeah. Um, no, so I uh, started this band. Oh, is this top shelf? Top, top shelf? Top, top shelf. Top, oh, top, uh, talk, oh, oh, shop. Uh, talk shop. Talk, talk shop. Top shelf. <laughs> top shelf. <laughs> that is a fantastic band name. Well, this this actually came up during the show. Someone, I can't remember who it was, but whilst we were saying, top whilst shelf. we were talking, we were like, oh yeah, we're called Talk Shop. Someone yelled Chip Shop. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we all stopped and went, that is a fantastic name for a band. Really wish we'd, really wish we'd called our band Just Chip, chip shop. shop. Um, but yeah, so we started this band well over a year ago and we recorded a demo in January of last year uh, but the drummer plays in this cool band and they were off on tour for like six months and then I started at Fender and then a uh, friend of the podcast Dan Grace who also plays in this band also started at Fender about six months after me and it just life had been very really hectic so we haven't really done anything for ages and um, then kind of out of, a blue, out of the blue this show came up and we're like yeah okay we'll give it a go and um and it was really fun actually. It was it went better than I was expecting it to go. Uh we didn't mess up too much. What did you play through? Uh I played through my bass rig of my <laughs> bass amp and Mark's bass amp. 
My base, my base, and, and Mark's base. Mark yeah. base. So what was it? Your Mark base. L- it's yeah, little just Mark. the little Mark. Little Mark, so, but it's the, the first. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's the best one. It was really funny. The um, the headliners, uh, the bass player also used a uh, a little Mark, and um, the, put, the same series. No, ah. one of the one of the modern ones, one of the red face ones, one of the inferior ones. Oh, the bit. Uh, what's the red face one? It's called like, the big. Boom! The boom, the big bottom. The, the I think bass, it is like big boom bomb, or something bomber, like. boomer, something like that. Little boomer, little or no, yeah, no. Little. Anyway, he he had some. He had one one of the Mark Bass amps, and it was one of the red face ones. And um, I I put the 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 little Mark down, and then put his one on top. And he came over and he's like, "Oh yeah, what, what we got there now." I was like, "Oh, it's a it's a Mark Bass, you know, sim- similar to similar to your one." He went, "Oh yeah, oh these are great, aren't they? They're you know really light and everything." And I went. Pick that one up then, and he went, yeah, okay, and he like went with one hand as you can do with these now, and he just couldn't lift it because yeah. they're so heavy. Well, because it's actually solid state. Yeah, they're it's a totally different kettle yeah, of fish. Completely. It's just a digital imitation of what was once a great amp. They're so, but yeah, Mark Mark's Mark bass is fantastic. Uh, be- but I do now, amp. I do now have another basement on order. Oh yeah. Uh, so I because I had my basement one three five. Uh, great I had that amp. for like what a great amp. So did we? I don't know if we talked about this. I don't know if you were there. Maybe you were there. Maybe Mark wasn't there. Oh, I was there. I think I know what you're about to say. When I got my, you know, I had that um, uh, that basement one three five. Yeah. Do you remember that I traded my basement one three five for my for the old seventies uh, twin that I had? Oh, yeah, uh, yes, I was right there, and you well, were you were, spe- you were there. Yeah. So I, I've Tell spoken story, about though. this. I've spoken about this a couple of times on the podcast about my. Um, my old 70s twin that I had. It was fantastic, but I lived on the third story of a block of flats and it didn't have an elevator. And the amp was way too big and too loud for me. So I bought it because it came into the shop secondhand and uh, I took it home and then about three weeks later played a show with it. And on my drive home, I stopped at the shop and put the amp back in the shop because I didn't want to carry it back up the stairs. (laughs) Um, But... Um, whilst we were at the Birmingham Guitar Show the other week, found out that that amp belonged to none other than Stuart Tate of Tate Effects. <laughs> he he was the one who it sold it shop. to the shop. And it was really funny. He was saying, um, oh, yeah, I, I, I had this old Fender Twin. And, uh, yeah, I sold it to Gag. I, I managed to get a cracking deal on a on a part, exchange it for a Marshall. Quite what they were thinking, letting me uh, just exchange it. I've got no idea. And thinking back, I reckon that I was the one who served him and I reckon that I saw that amp and went I really want that amp yeah. I really want that amp whatever this geezer wants I'll just sort him out it'll be fine, fine. and it turned out to be Stuart Tate there we go how funny very very <laughs> funny but yeah anyway I, um, I've got I've now got an, another basement on order uh, I sold my one because I wasn't using it and I needed to be able to pay the rent about uh, two years ago or something and uh, and now I've got another one on the go, and I'm really yeah. looking forward to giving it a proper go out. They with, are so good. Not great if you ever need a clean tone, but an absolutely fantastic sounding, gritty, proper amplifier. Talking about selling amps, uh, Joe Branton, there's something that you wanted to bring See. up. Is there? About an amp being sold. I mean, it's literally in the running order in front of you. Oh. Uh, oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Do you see what I have to deal with every week? <laughs> I've got this running order right here and I am definitely looking at it. I do not have Facebook open and I am paying attention. Um, yes, that's right. Uh, so it's been on the group, but um, but uh, our, our mate Dan from uh, from the band Cleft, uh, Dan Wild Beasley, excellent, excellent double barrel 
surname. Yeah. Uh, who we've done? His real name is Wild Beasley. No, his his surname is Beasley, but he married a girl called Jessica Wild. So and they double barrowed it as well. That, I mean, that's it's fantastic. Damn good. Isn't Either it? way it's around really works good. though. Beasley Wild. Yeah. Oh, that geezer's Beasley Wild. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty solid. But anyway, uh, yeah. So Dan, we've done some stuff with with Dan. Uh, yeah. Alongside Boss, we I think we've had I've, we've had him on. Uh, like doing a pedal rundown, and and of course he he comments on the on the group quite a lot. But uh, Dan's posted a few times on there because Dan has uh, he's got a couple of brain tumors, and uh, he's having some some. Uh, you said that in such a like flippant way, like yeah. there there were a couple of pedals. <laughs> uh, he's got one of them, you know. He's got one of them, his, uh, one, one of them brain, brain tumors. tumors. But yeah, Dan's got a couple of brain tumors that he's having uh, experimental treatment over in um, uh, in Turkey. Um, I think it's Turkey. I think so. Uh, anyway, he's having some treatment over there, but it's it's super duper expensive. And basically, the first time round when this happened, all the bands like my band and, and Dan's band, loads of other bands, we all got together and we raised as much money and we we sold all our merch and gave it all to to Dan's charity to make sure we could have the first round of treatment, which cost fifty grand. But we we managed to do that. Anyway, he now needs a second bout of treatment, so we're doing it all again. Dan is selling some stuff, and Dan happens to have some pretty cool mates. So he um he he owns uh, uh Sam Neil from Biffy Clyro's uh, old. Um, Hayden Mofo, which he is selling. Um, also, uh, like previously, what's his name? Uh, the Ocean Size fella from Biffy Clyro. Um, the main fella. Yeah, the main fella from Ocean Size. What's his name? Sure. Uh, Mike. Mike Venart. Venart, Mike Venart, yeah, Mike Venart, who's mates with Dan Beasley. Mike Venart plays in Biffy Clyro as oh, well right, as okay. being an ocean size. But Mike Venart's good friends with Dan, and and he sold like his uh, his old Fender Esquire, which he he wrote all the uh, first ocean size album on. Sold that and gave it to Dan's charity as well, which was pretty cool. But at the moment, you can get if you're into Biffy Clyro and you want to help a good cause, you can purchase in the auction uh, the old Biffy Clyro Hayden Mofo. Who says we don't do anything nice on the Guitar Nerds podcast? Giving that a shout out, you know. Do you know where Biffy Clyro got their name? Uh, no. Biffy Clyro got their name. This is completely We've true. We've talked about this on the podcast before. Biffy Clyro got their name because... Which says two things. Firstly, we're quite boring. And secondly, Joe Branton doesn't, doesn't listen pay to attention. anything no. we're saying. Um, Biffy Clyro got their name from... Uh, what's his name? Simon Neal. Yeah. Uh, and one of the other fellas from... Biffy Clyro, uh, when they were young, they used to, apparently they used to come up with fake Cliff Richard merchandise, and one of the Cliffy things Biro. that they came up with was a Cliffy Biro, and then they turned it into Biffy Clyro. So Biffy Clyro, fantastic spoonerism. Thanks very much. Yeah, wonderful. Shall we dive into a big old fresh vat of nude apocalypse? So the biggest news of this week, uh, and it's been teased. Well, probably is that about the quiz has been pushed back the to quiz, next week. Of course, the whole guitar world is shocked by yeah. the fact that Matt's had to take the sit out this podcast, and the quiz is pushed back. But nevertheless, yeah. other things in the guitar world are happening. Um, probably the biggest news uh, at the moment, apart from the quiz, obviously, um, is uh, the long teased uh, John Mayer PRS Strata-like guitar, which is now dubbed the Silver Sky has finally been released. It's finally been announced. Yes, they've nursed that one out. I don't know what that means. I don't think I want to. Um, who's got the spec? 
Uh, sure, yeah, I could go. Okay, so um, so the uh, the PRS Silver Sky. So this is a it's um, a strat, isn't it? It's a it's a well, strat. So I was gonna say it's, it's not legally a, a strat. It's but. the ultimate conceptual collaboration between John Mayer and Paul Reed Smith. Okay. But um, but yeah, for all intents and purposes, this uh, looks very much like a strat because they have kept, for what it's worth, they've kept a few PRSy things. That that um, cutaway on the lower horn, yeah, you know, there's like like that sort of third dimension on the on the lower horn that that's that's on a most scoop, PRSs. If you a will. scoop, yeah. They've they've kept that, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Contoured contoured heel. Obviously, it's the PRS headstock. It's actually a reversed PRS. Headstock. Oh yeah, I didn't think about um, that. It is. Yeah, you're right. They've they've claimed it's for tuning stability, but you know, of course, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely rubbish. So you're suggesting that all other PRSs don't, not right, very stable, whatever. Then, mate. Um, but yeah, so uh, so uh, reverse headstock. It's got uh, like a few other cool things. So different hardware than they than they've had on any other PRSs. So it's vintage style hardware. Although the tuners are locking, um, and yeah, the 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 whole the whole thing is supposed to be that. This guitar is supposed to be specifically inspired by a pair, of a 63 and a 64 Strat that they were reviewing. So it is a, it is also a, a 7.25 radius, yep. which is pretty bonkers for for a PRS. But um, this is a super, yeah, a super vintage. I mean, I spec. guess if that's what he plays, yeah, exactly. If he plays 63 Strats, then you know, yeah. having that weird fingerboard radius, up to you, mate. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is quite stunning how much you know. It's not like they've made a PRS that's just got three Strat single coils. It's basically got a Strat uh, scratch plate, hasn't it? Which is yeah, and 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 it's quite a lot of money as well. It's twenty two hundred pounds. I don't uh, think it's that much. Pounds. I was quite surprised actually that it's not. You know, when well, you think in about, line with everything else he's released. Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you think about the what whatever it was called, the Eagle the or whatever, Triple it was. Eagle, Triple Eagle, something like that was what fifteen grand. Wang. Yeah. Well, and yeah. just looking at some of the other stuff that's got John Mayer's name on it at the, the moment. Amp, the amp. Well, there's the amp that's expensive. There's the there's a Martin D45, oh, which yeah. is up on, up on the GAC website at the moment for twelve and a half grand. Oh, I'm not be able to flog that one. The the standard model is four grand. You know, so oh, it's uh, it's. It's not as expensive as it. I mean, you consider, you know, it's oh, not. There's so much John Mayer stock at GAC. There is going to be a John Mayer flavoured insurance fire sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, someone in, someone really hated John Mayer. The thing is, even that doesn't work because they'll just go, yeah, it's you. <laughs> they're, they're, all the evidence is on this podcast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually thought it was price wise, was pretty reasonable. But. Don't, I mean, okay, so if they were going to do it at this price, the problem with doing it at this price is at this price point, you're competing with Fender Custom Shop, and Fender Custom Shop is blooming good. Oh, like, you know? Can you get Custom Shop stuff for 2 2 now? Yeah, you can spend £200 more. It's okay, fine, it's in between. You have to pay 2400 quid for a Custom Shop. This is 2200 quid. The next closest thing by Fender is 1800 quid. And the problem is this guitar will only be as good as the 1800 quid stuff from Fender. How much is a Les Paul Standard? These days, a Les Paul standard is like two, four, uh, yeah, two, two and five, five, maybe more. See, I, I would expect you know something PRS with the carrying the John Mayer name to be more than a Les Paul standard, but so it doesn't look like that. Sure, it's not relics. The finishes aren't good. It's a white scratch. It's not even like vintage tint, like plate and pickups. It it looks cheap. It, I think it looks stratty. It, you it, know. Yes, but the problem is that what PRS do well and what makes the sort of people that buy PRS the sort of dentists that buy PRS like they think that flamed maple is a good thing they like a lot of people a lot of people like like bird's eye they think 
Flame Maple and Birdseye are cool, interesting things, and this has none of it. This has none of the things that PRS players like. I, and that's I think my they'll, they'll have no problem selling these at all because you've got John Mayer fans, you've got people who want to get into PRS. I just don't know too many 16 year olds. Well, no, this is not aimed but at 16 year olds. It's, it's two and a half grand. Like, mm. it's not going to be bought by 16 year olds. I know that you want to go down the route of being contrarian and <laughs> but it's you know in all seriousness it's it's not built for those people this guitar is not competing with the Simon Neal Strat do you no, know what I mean no this guitar is competing with Fender Custom Shop who do it much much better that's just the problem like for finishing options this looks very very plain this wants to be a sir more than it does anything else I guess sure I mean it is you know it's quite clean they've obviously not gone for a vintage but like you said in the kind of blurb they're talking about it, you know, having vintage features, but it kind mm. of is built like a modern guitar. Yeah. So they've kind of achieved what they're setting out to do. Potentially. And yeah. for, I think for, like, someone who's into John Mayer and looking at this kind of guitar, that's probably what they want. Possibly, possibly we'll see. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the colours, the sort of silver. I think the silver is a really odd choice. I what colours are, are available? So I, I can tell you, I, I, <laughs> I, I did the write-up on the GAC website and I genuinely didn't care enough to look. You're just vomiting onto the keyboard <laughs> yeah, as basically. you were doing it. I think there's a white, there's a red, and a, there's a silver, there's a fourth colour. Maybe it's something black. funny. Like, oh, it's, it's a black. black, it's a black. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's great. I mean, the silver one generally, genuinely looks like an affinity strap. I mean, it, it really does. I, I don't think there'll be a worse product released this year. I'll go as far as I'm to say that. I'm holding off judgment until I see them, but I think that they're very keenly priced, and I think there'll be a huge audience for them. I'm insisting that Gak don't buy any. You're just your hatred of Mayer spilling over into not only this podcast, but your, uh, your buying, your purchasing decisions. Unbelievable. Now, um, that's an example of someone... Uh, doing their take on Fender, I guess. Um, but last week saw the release of Fender doing their take on, well, basically, what everyone else is doing uh, with the launch of the Fender pedals. Um, we saw them a bit of NAM, but Jay, I take it you've had a bit more time to uh, to spend with them. What's the uh, what's the verdict? I So I actually haven't had a huge amount of time to spend okay. with them, to well, be completely probably, honest with probably you. Probably more than we did at NAM, which was like five minutes. Yeah, sure. So um, we had one set that came into the office a little while ago uh, and then immediately went went out to uh to Someone, someone's to, house well to shops and stuff for for demos so i i i had uh, a little bit of time with them but not a huge amount of time but i will say very very pleasantly surprised uh i think that everybody was expecting when it was announced our oh, fenders doing pedals i think everyone 
their minds went back to either the Moore likes that we saw maybe you know three years ago yeah, or the great. competition series not that we saw either. you know four or five years ago before <laughs> the competition the, series I mean they weren't great pedals let's be honest and what's happened here I think is is we've kind of Fender have kind of realised you know what if we're going to do this it needs to be done yeah right so um, it, they've been uh, they've been designed by um, a guy called uh, Stan who works for Fender has done for a long time Stan Stan and um, he has been involved in um, a number of high profile uh, Fender releases I, I think I can't be 100% sure but I think he maybe designed the um, uh, it wasn't the Hot Rods what was it that he did the He's done. He's done something. I can't remember what it is. He's, he's done at work. He's done something. <laughs> In his job, he's done something. Yeah, he was. A, he he was an amp designer. Um, he did the bass breakers, I think. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's what I. Th- I think it's the bass breakers. I'm okay. saying. I'm pretty sure it, it was is the bass breakers. Yeah. Okay. Fine. There we go. He's. Good. He's. The, this isn't really my product line, but you know. It's, it's <laughs> I'm glad you know it inside out. So my takeaway from the Nam show was that personally, I wasn't too keen on the drives, but. I was listening to them through a Mustang with headphones. Yeah, sure. So I've gone back and listened to some of the video demos, not from Nam, but like the other stuff that people have put out, and they're actually quite impressive. So just to give a quick rundown of what there is, the um, first off, there's uh, the, a buffer, um, which has got a high frequency control that lets you. Um, the the idea behind that is if you're playing with, if you're if you, basically if you're switching between guitars live, so if you're playing a Strat and then the next song is you're playing a uh, you're playing a like a Les Paul or something, and you want to bring some of the high frequencies back in. You can do that with yep. that, so that's quite cool. Um, there is the Benz compression uh, pedal, uh, which isn't I mean well noted. It's not my favourite type of effect, but I do like that. There's a lot of the sort of modern features with this. You love you're, the you're annoyed because I've called it an effect, aren't you? Oh no, sorry. Oh okay. No. I, I just I got a look from uh, from Joe that made me think uh, made me think something was up. But um, so the thing that I really like about it is you've got uh, a blend knob on the compressor, which is I think so important nowadays. I just I don't understand why there are compression pedals coming out that don't have them. I thought the the Benz compressor was one of my favourite products in this lineup. I thought it was really good. Yeah, yeah really. It's, it's definitely compressor. strong. Definitely strong. Um, then moving over to the drives, um, I can't believe how affordable it is as well, well. Th- that's the other thing is that the whole range is super super affordable yeah. super affordable um, and actually I think they're I think they're comparatively more affordable in Europe than they are in the US oh, really yeah I think so yeah um, however that that aside um, the what, what's the price on the compressor quickly like 120 pounds I think okay, I don't even like think it's that much is it really it might even be might be less I remember hearing this at NAMM and thinking that it was pretty nice again my kind of opinions are clouded by the fact but that it was a Mustang on headphones it's, it's 95 pounds well there we wow. go it's, and it's not just the price like these things for 95 pounds I expect something super basic the the chassis on these look great like the the sort of brushed aluminium the battery packs being in the in the in the bottom, not the underside. Yeah. So that you can change you don't batteries have to without un- taking so it's, off of it, board. The, the battery is in, the battery compartment is like a flip down. 
uh, flip down thing at the is it's like, the base of the pedal. Yeah, where not, where it would be stood up if it was a vertical pedal. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's um, that bit flips down, and uh, and you can just plug the uh, plug a nine volt battery into it like that. It's a really really neat design. Really neat design. Yeah. And the other thing that all of these pedals share is um, the. Uh, they've got little LEDs in oh. the uh, the knobs, oh. so if you're playing in a uh, in a, a dark venue, you can actually see where the position of each of the lights but is. But you can turn those off yeah. as well if you find them too much. Which it, and this is what I love about this range is, yeah, I absolutely wrote these off from the start because yeah, it's of course you're doing did. effects. Yeah. These pedals have been desi- designed from the ground up, and I think Fender have done a very good job. That the, the marketing that they've provided that include an interview with the fellow who's put these together yeah. and you realise oh this isn't just like this isn't, this isn't like an OEM in. product no, no, this no. isn't just them making a buck they've employed a guy and this guy's gone yeah I love gear let me design these effects from the ground up to have everything that they need to, to the level of having LEDs in the in the controls and a, and a battery compartment that's a bit more useful like he's, he's designed these to solve problems yeah. and it's not just in, in physical features like that I, I think the actual features on the on the pedals themselves things like having blend controls on the compressor I'm sure you'll get on to the delays and the reverbs which I think are both very intuitive as well yeah so yeah I mean so moving on the next the next one in the range is the is the pugilist distortion and I so I actually think this is the pick of the bunch for me out of the six that were announced um, I think this is this is the one that's that is the best value in terms of what it is and what it does. So again, these are like the 85 quid, I think it so is. So cheap for you. Um, and one of the things that you've got on here is uh, you've got, there's two drive circuits in there and you can um, you can either run them a you can a a into b or you can um, you can so you can run them in series or you can blend them together. So there's a blend knob in there which so the, but there's only one on off switch. There's only one on off switch. That's correct. But you don't have to have uh, both going or you know you can have one of them yeah, one yeah, of yeah, the yeah. gains turned down yeah. for example. Um, I think this is absolutely fantastic. Or if you only want to have one you can just go blend all the way to A or yeah, all the way yeah. to B. That's the way you would do it, rather than turn the game down. Yeah, completely. Blend yeah, yeah, one way or the other. Um, I I think that like I've never been a huge fan of like high gain drive, and this isn't really a high gain pedal, but distortion. But pe- I've always preferred drive pedals. Yeah. For me, this is genuinely one of the best. This doesn't sort of- sound like a distortion pedal to me. Right. This sounds like a great drive pedal. Oh, I- like I thought when yeah. when I, when I tried it out, like, it, I, I don't give it. I don't care about distortion pedals. I don't use no, them. I'm not no, in a punk band. But neither do like, I. I the, when I first saw it, I thought I'm like this is going to be the one that I'm going to write off the most. And honestly, I think it's so so good. I thought so it sounded good. brilliant. Yeah, the, it the thing with distortion pedals uh, for my ears normally is that they end up sounding just thin. Um, and this going back and listening to the demo videos, this doesn't sound thin. It no. sounds quite chunky. Yeah, um, it's nice, nice. And just to rattle on through with these, there's then uh, the overdrive is the Santa Ana overdrive, um, which is a twin pedal, uh, like a, a two uh, foot switch pedal, um, which one side can be a drive or can be a boost, and the other side is uh, is the the uh, the drive pedal itself um, so you can have two different drive pedals or you can just have a drive and a boost yeah. uh, depending on how you want to play it that's switchable um, bunch of different voicings on there again really really cool um, then the two 
pedals which are probably going to be most interesting to people listening to the podcast are the mirror image delay which i think is a really interesting take on uh digital delays so this is a this doesn't this has the um the controls of an analog delay but in a digital delay yeah which is something we've seen quite a lot recently is you know voiced like an analog delay yeah but it's digital you know technology that's yeah. doing it so there you don't have super long uh you you can't make all these you know super long swirling delays with it it's relatively short even when the when it's all the way up it's still a relatively short delay but it sounds fantastic have the, you got a delay time figure there uh, I don't. Offhand. It's functional, and that's that's I think what no, the, the the idea across the board with these pedals is. They're not trying to be mad. Like if you think about Fender guitars in general, they're they're, they're functional instruments, and I think they've applied that with with Definitely. these pedals. This this delay's not trying to be weird, even though it does have a. I think it has a shimmer funk option on it because I think you can run. Can't you run analog tape or isn't there something called modern on it or something like that? And that's a. That has a shimmer, or am, mm. am I remembering that wrong? No, I think that's on the reverb. That's on the reverb. The oh right. Speci- the, the, so moving over to the reverb is the mar- the marine layer reverb. This is my favourite of the bunch. I have to admit. Really? Yeah. So the the three uh, voicings you've got on this are whole room or special, and special is the sort shimmer. of shimmer sound, and it it really is fantastic. Yeah. Really, really nice sounding. Uh, and they uh, put just enough on these pedals. I like yeah. they haven't overdone it. It's just yeah, three, yeah. just three, just keeping it simple. I like that. That's, yeah, well, it's they're really, really good, and I really would. I I realise that a lot of people will sort of dismiss what I say about these things because I work for Fender, but I do really think it's worth. Hey, I expected to hate them. I was yeah, looking completely. forward to coming on this podcast and saying and what an absolute crap. Yeah, no, I I really think anybody who. Uh, has a sort of preconception about what these pedals are going to be just go and check them out go and have a look at one of the videos there's loads of videos online um go and check some of them out and 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 see what you think i i really think that we could uh see these pedals appearing on people's boards and start seeing these as uh the the fender pedals as a a real viable option yeah. moving that's, forward um, that's what i'm looking forward to actually seeing them on boards because you know the the competition series came out and didn't really do anything because obviously they were just cheap pedals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more style ones, I don't think I saw on any boards. Whereas this, you know, particularly for me, the compressor and the reverb. There, you know, how much is the reverb? Have you got pricing there? You I know, think it's about one sixty or something. I like don't that. think it's that much. It yeah, might I think one forty then. But but yeah, <laughs> making up just numbers. Uh, numbers. One hundred and ten pounds. What I mean, See, that is now, really really good yeah. for the money. I kind of feel like for me, this this range has brought me down to earth a little bit again because I think like this year, this year, I have been hemorrhaging money on effects, and I think we've got so we've gone so far down the boutique effects yeah. rabbit hole that I'm kind of at a point where to I'm like three hundred pounds, three hundred pounds. I don't think a pedal sounds good if it's below the two hundred pound mark because how could it? Because why yeah, wouldn't because someone Strymon, charge? Strymon yeah. has has been such a uh, a needle mover. Exactly, like it's it's moved the 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 status quo of what we expect. Exactly. Just looking at this, the the mirror image delay, a hundred and ten pounds. That's mad. You know That's what I mean? Mad. Like what else? A carbon copies more. I realise it's a it's a. Uh, an analog delay rather than a digital delay, but what what else can you get for that money? What's that is true, back? actually. Yeah, thinking about it, like what delays can you actually What's get a for flashback? under a hundred quid? Yeah. Now, flashback, I think, is flashback more than that. two is a hundred and sixty quid. There we go. Sorry, Tor. Um, um, what about uh, the DD3? boss equivalent? DD three, DD seven. 
DD3, 120 quid. Wow. It might actually be the cheapest delay pedal. Nah. DD7. Mo- no, I mean, obviously, will have it. Sorry, I mean of like, you know, big box style, right. you know, okay. proper pedals, not mini yeah. pedal. Um, but yeah, it does seem... I mean, these are the same, but to, to give it some context here, this is about the same price as the Dan Electro Billionaire range. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would suggest they're slightly better quality yeah. than the... Yeah. the so I, well, I actually saying that I've those billionaires ju- were weighty. I've not, not tried the billionaires. They're metal chassis. They're well weighty. I did a, a video demo for them at work. They were they were banging. I tell you that spinning speaker that was actually a great okay a great what, pedal. Is there a delay? No, there's, there's a no <laughs> no no. <laughs> if you were going to do four, this is the weird thing about that Dan Electro billionaire range. If you were going to do four pedals, what what would you have? You've got four pedals uh, in the range. Yeah, I mean you just do like drive. drive distortion well no you'd probably do drive like delay a modulation yeah. a delay and, and a, a reverb re- yeah, yeah. yeah that 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 would be what it is they've done a drive so they have got that a boost okay a spinning speaker yep. and a tremolo of course Th- those That's are the, all, those all the are ones the four, that you need those are the four pedals that they thought best uh sort of represented the the name billionaire but whatever so yeah the uh, the the best one by a mile is the uh, the rampable Spinning speaker. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. They always did that well. Obviously, the Rocky yeah, Road pedal is exactly yeah, the same yeah, as, course, the, yeah. as the Rocky So, um, I think overall, feedback on the Fender stuff has been pretty good. Really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see what people do with them and where they go and everything. But um, Yeah, they're a big bag of swag. How about a vertical uh, Z-Vex pedal? I don't know how they're going to do this. Company known for uh, horizontal pedals in so much that, you know, they're generally wider than they are high Chode. tall um this is the first one that is taller than it is wide the vertical vexter 59 sound so again you know we're back on someone trying to do uh, do the fender thing so um yeah tell us about it so there's a uh you've got essentially you've got two two switches there you've got boost and a rock and i believe the rock is based i think did i see it was based off of a uh, box of rock, uh, e- no, because the box of rock is a Marshall. It's just it's a fifty nine basement. So it's basically a fifty nine basement, yeah. and it's called the fifty nine sound. Which that band, the Gaslight Anthem, yeah? yeah, never really into that band. However, they did one really great song called the fifty nine sound, where I've seen a wicked performance of them doing it with uh, the big boss man himself, Bruce, coming out and the, playing the guitar. Wrestler. The big boss uh, no, man. not the big boss man from Cobb County, Bruce Jordan. Dickinson, from Bruce Dickinson. Maiden. That's that's who I was talking about. The boss, of course, Bruce Dickinson uh, came out and uh, he. The fifty sound is is what he did. That was your um, best impression ever, I think. Thank you. <laughs> um, I can't believe Bruce Springsteen did a song with the Gaslight. Yeah, well, whoever. Well, because they were basically trying to sound like him, and yeah. Guess he wants to be seen as and he's from around the kids. They're from around. They're, they're all from Jersey, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. So, um, um, so this is a take on a '59 Fender. Yes, um, and it looks great. Let's see. Let's see. I, I mean, let's super, see what happens. I don't super, know. Super simple. Not much tone control. Just a master tone, drive volume, and then you've got a control for the volume of of your boost. So it's a dead simple pedal. It doesn't look like the sort of thing I expect Zvex well, to put out. I would go as far like as to mod- say this looks cheap. I mean, I was going to say it's odd for them to do a kind of amp in a box. This kind of seems yeah. a little true to. Well, they no, they have done it before nose. because that um, they've the, done it the, as a horizontal. The, the box of rock was is a is a Marshall sure. type pedal, and you know the, uh, the um, but this, uh, this what's the Jay Maskis pedal? 
That or is that a double rock? Yeah, which is two, which boxes is two of boxes of rock. I, I don't know. It's just something about this seems a bit on the nose to like call it fifty nine sound. It looks like a tweed Fender. I mean, the and press release also says it is based on a legendary nineteen fifty nine tweed Fender basement. Well, so. yeah, but the, do you know what I mean? That just seems a little too on the nose for for Zvex. They did. They have done this better as a horizontal before. Have they? The, the only change is that this is now available as a really. Vertical. Yeah, in the sure? previous okay. run, 100%. Oh, right, okay, fine, I didn't know that at all. Um, oh, you, well, you've completely thrown me then, because, I, like I was saying, I kind of thought this was a bit too on the nose from a company that's but known it's, it's for more But it's not something that they've stuff. made for ages. Right. They, they've made one before. Okay. Okay, yeah, well, I'd be interesting to uh, to hear one. This is, you know, obviously... Oh, yeah, you've, Joe's showing me a picture of it right now. Oh, right, yeah, I didn't know um, that. It'd be interesting to hear this because, you know, uh, this seems to be where a lot of the, these kind of preamp pedals are heading. Obviously, they're based on, um, you know, classic amps. Um, and I want to hear Z-Vex's, uh, ZVEX's take on it. I don't mean to dwell on um, what we were just talking about, but that, that this pedal is $219. Okay. You compare that to those fender pedals it's bonkers isn't it really well yeah i mean i was very impressed with that reverb and when you say it's 110 pounds mm, yeah um it does uh say something um another fender uh, area the fender are absolutely killing it at the moment uh, according to all reports from joe branton the new fender rumble oh bass amplifiers oh my goodness me what how good is it okay so the fender rumble bass amp series is a series of bass amps that fender have had in their lineup for a, a fair old time since yeah. since since we've been in shops they've always been their entry level of bass amps and every few years they've given a, them a refresher they used to look terrible they used to be all like metal grills well and- do you remember the original ones so the original rumble bass amps had a light uh, uh, sorry a sound sensitive light uh-huh. in the bass port so that when you played oh louder it would flash this. on and off yeah yeah it, they, it they would were... like pulse with your playing basically probably the worst idea I've ever seen mm. on an amplifier <laughs> yeah <laughs> just because they were actually quite good little amps they looked bad but they were quite good, like practice amp through to like medium gigs. I think they did a bass, uh, sorry, a uh, Rumble 150, I think was the biggest one. So, yep. you know, get big enough for your kind of starter bass player to go and do a gig with. But even on the 150, you know, imagine turning up at a pub and you're like, all right, uh, all right, guys, here's my my amp. Uh, just got it today. Uh, you look what happens when you plug it in, and then it's this pulsing red light. It was like we said at Nam when we saw those um, Chinese companies that were selling oh, PA speakers PAs, that had yeah. disco lights built in. That's what this <laughs> the Rumble series started off as. <laughs> Man, that is that is bad. Well, there, but okay, so there, there's been evolutions of this series throughout the range. But I mean, <clears throat> generally speaking, the the one thing that's been funny about this range, and it's not something that was exclusive to Fender. I think a lot of companies were doing it. This the Rumble was available as a ten watt, a thirty watt, a fifty watt, a hundred, a two hundred, yeah. a three hundred, maybe a five hundred. There were a lot in them, and certainly last year or maybe a couple of years ago. They refreshed the series again as a silver face. They made them look really nice, but there were still loads in the range, like loads of amps. That was uh, 2014. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, there were still loads of amps. And, and, and almost this year, I feel like, again, same thing they've done with the pedals. They've sort of had someone go back to the start and go, hold on. Why have we got eight different types of amp, that, eight different sizes that are all basically only suitable for bedroom anyway? Why don't we just do two? One for bedroom called the Rumble Studio, and one for small gigs called the Rumble Stage. So there's two amps in the range, both combos, and it's like, I was like, oh my, 
it was like a eureka moment i was like how yeah obvious why doesn't everyone do this this makes so much more sense but this is my problem with uh, particularly bass amps but also guitar practice amps suffer from it why would you do a 10 watt a 15 sometimes companies do 10 watt and a 15 watt yeah and a 30 watt and a 50 watt it doesn't make any sense and we've seen you know with companies like the Boss Katana 50 the smallest one they do is the 50 well that's because if you've got a good volume control on it exactly it doesn't matter whether it's yeah. 50 if it's solid state why does it matter if it's 50 watt or if it's 10 watt yeah yeah totally just totally. have a good just have some good power attenuation or not power attenuation just, just some good exact volume, volume control, control. Exactly. yeah exactly but anyway it still might well sound like it, 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 that we're given quite a lot of airtime to uh, like entry level practice amps this these are so much more than this because this is the biggest facelift the amp series has ever had because for years now that mustang tech has existed for guitarists whilst us lowly bass players have been lucky to get like a drive channel on our amps but now they all that mustang tech is available on the on the rumbles so We've got amp modelling, tons of amp modelling. You've got you've got fifty nine basemen on there. You've got SVT stacks. You've got like dirty orange amps. There are loads of effects that you can add to it. Loads of modulation. There's everything in between. There's like Galen Kruger stacks. There's old like acoustic three sixties, and they're all really good. I was having a mess around with both of them today. I shot a little video of them at work, and I was like, some of the sounds were absolutely bent. The SVT sounded banging on the stage one and i couldn't believe how loud it was okay. i couldn't believe how so loud it was what are the wattages on the two couldn't tell you <laughs> good, good uh, 40 and 800 40 and 800 yep so 40 40 for home and 800 mm, no 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 800 for home yes of course 40 for home and 800 for the stage <laughs> i mean yeah. i know we we're praising the fact there's only two amps but that is quite a jump um eight, it's not a combo is it the 800 surely it's not. a combo an 800 watt combo it's, I don't think it can possibly be 800 watts it's watts. called the stage 800 I don't know I'll just double check but that's what it's definitely yeah wattage 800 watts it's an 800 watt combo it's an 800 watt combo that would make sense as to why it was quite as loud as well, it yeah. was but uh, I, I generally thought it sounded absolutely fantastic I thought some of the modelling was great oh, I'll tell you what they had some things like they had like um, uh, 59 basement with 18 inch sub as like a as a thing and I was like oh yeah have that and it was like absolute trouser flapping <laughs> that was, but it was so good I was so surprised I expected them to be okay they were more than okay they sounded absolutely fantastic that rumble stage is absolutely a gigging amplifier well I mean yeah uh, uh, 800 <laughs> watts yeah I know but it shouldn't be it's an entry level rumble amp they're supposed to sound crap Do you, how much are they do you know no I can tell you <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you spent all day playing through one and didn't once think. Oh, I tell you what, I played, played um, it. Through. I I can't tell you. I can't remember what they are off the top of my head, and they aren't actually. Oh, look! No, no, they're released t- tomorrow. But yeah, this podcast I, is also released tomorrow. Well, yes, and also uh, Gak have broken the embargo, so they're on their site already. Oh, yeah, that was me. It's <laughs> they're seven hundred and sixty nine quid. Yeah. Okay, okay, three fifty for the forty. Okay, fine. So they're a, they're they're a fair chunk of Wula, but. Honestly, they are. It's worth every penny. It was an absolutely fantastic sounding amplifier. I couldn't believe how good. I couldn't believe how good the SVT sounded. I played a Hofner very thin through it for the video, which I'm sure is going to get plenty of the abuse. bass. Yeah, uh, is that all you played through it? Yep. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> the worst thing to Honestly. demo them with. No, it sounded so good. I told you, I'm going through a, a, a real yeah, but joy just, division. But trying trying to get, you trying no, to get sacked. No one else is. That's the problem. <laughs> so you know, just p bass through everything. 
but the the interface on the like listeners if you've used a mustang app if you haven't go and try one out because you absolutely need to buy one i think more than the katana but check out the like the the interface on these rumbles is so intuitive and so good it was so easy to add effects i was adding like shimmer delays and weird sort of like uh very speeding tremolos and stuff and playing all this weird like nick reinhardt stuff on them that oh, was great i had a i had a whale of a time today very very fendery episode this week chaps. Say, yeah the fender cars been, uh, not only you know actual fender things but people trying to do things that replicate fenders essentially did i tell you i wanted to buy a strat have i told you yeah this? you told us that yeah, oh, yeah. You, you told me off yeah you shouldn't you shouldn't buy a strat why not because i don't think you'll use it i borrowed one from work the other day and i was like yeah, this is great but Spent just get a telly playing it. just get a telly i don't like tellies what you're a madman i want a strat i like that I like those little off positions. They sound banging. The uh, dire straits position. Yeah, yeah. This I like I like dire straits. Of course though. you do. Of course you do. So um, with that statement, we should wrap things up because it's a fender heavy episode. We're going to go o- over to the Patreon episode and talk about some further comments by uh, Gibson CEO Henry Juskovitz. Oh. This uh, week. He's come out and said... He blamed me. He said... uh, Yeah, he blamed you. No, he said that the guitar industry is stuck in a time warp. So the topic for the Patreon this week is, is the guitar industry stuck in a time warp? And if so, is that a bad thing? If you want to hear that, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast. At $1 a month, you get the regular episode ad-free and early. At $5 a month, you get an extra half an hour every week like we're going to do this week with the Time Warp episode. Plus, you get access to bonus series like Branton's Ranton and exclusive interviews. At the $10 a month tier, you get your name read out on the regular podcast every week, just like these people have when Joe Branton opens the email and takes a big old breath and attempts to do it in one breath. What song are we doing? Neither of us could do it last week. Mark got there, kind of. I re- I, I stumbled almost immediately yeah is that John Mayer I love John Mayer Bernie Cooper, Emery James Baker, Christoph Rapker, Sayonomar, Matt Robertson, Dave Lee, Derek Witzel, Martin Cliff, Matt Davis, Aaron Sherman, Blake Wyland, Jake Cray, Christopher Loseth, Juan Correa, Scott Gunnery, Robin Smith, Rob Norbig, Rob Grant, Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Carlos Mancha, Steve Markle, Blatt Holmes, Mark Crop, Brad Page, J.D. Short, Annie McGenzie, Laurie Amstis, Jack Godfrey, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Brian, Phil Thompson, Moon Gravit, Colin Anderson! Yes, people, that's what I'm talking about! Did you take. I thought you took a little breath there. Did you not? Yeah, you look like you should have taken a breath. Yeah. You went as red as, a t- as red as an actual tomato there. So red. If you want to join in the conversation, go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at guitar nerds. And you can watch our videos at youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos. Thanks very much for listening. And we will speak to you next week. Cheers, gang. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs>